Welcome to the Police Fit Podcast, where applicants and serving officers can learn how to smash their fitness test and regain their health. With over 11 years experience in the fitness industry and 17 years service in the military and as a first responder, your host, Brad Williams, shares his experience and expertise in helping applicants get their dream job and serving members regain their health. Learn how to increase your health and fitness with actionable steps for first responders by a first responder. So please enjoy this episode of the Police Fit Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Um, I just wanted to quickly let you know that Armory, our online membership site, is on sale at the moment. It's 50% off. Um, so I'll drop that in the I'll drop a link in the show notes below. Um, you can check that out. Uh, special thanks to our sponsors, 30 Coffees. Uh, I was actually saying to Lauren uh, yesterday when to go the place where at the moment they do pelican feeding in the morning and they got a little like a pop-up coffee joint there and um, we made our coffees our three zero coffees uh, in the caravan then headed down there and i said to loz i was like you know what i love about these coffees i'm like you know every time you're gonna have a good coffee like i fucking hate it when you go when you go to a new coffee place and you're like there's always that bit of like angst you're like oh is, is it gonna be good or is it gonna be shit um whereas at least with, with this like i know I know I'm having a good coffee. And the other thing is too, like saving heaps of fucking money at the moment, <laughs> just from not not, uh, not buying coffees and just using the pour overs um, that I got from three zeros. But check them out. Um, uh, we got a discount code. I'll check that in the show notes. It's uh, police fit three zeros or three zeros police fit off the top of my head. Um, I'll chuck that in the show notes below the link to to what they're doing. Um, and if you haven't heard the podcast before, they're, they're a company that helps... Um, by first responders that help first responders um, in the mental health space, donating to businesses that do that. Um, so they're very good. Check them out. All right, questions I cover this week. Uh, the main the main part of this week's podcast is going to be basically about I failed the application process. What now? But before I dive into, I'm just going to cover off a couple of other questions that come through um, that are also important, but I don't want them to get lost. I don't want to get lost in the main part of the episode. So I'll just scroll down to it. All right. So the first one um, is from Elderette. Uh, does thermo or fat burners destroy muscle growth? And what fat burners can be used um, to uh, or is safe with muscle growth during strength training? So this is a, it's a massive, it depends. Um, each product, each fat burner product on the market has different ingredients and we all react differently to each person. Um, the one I take is bulk nutrients burner combination. Um, just with bulk nutrients, they're really good. I've got no affiliation with them. Um, I've rang them a couple of times, just asked some questions about some of their products and they're super knowledgeable, really helpful. Um, you know, they didn't, when I did talk to them, they weren't trying to upsell me on anything. Um, they just give me the information I wanted, um, and they're and they're really well priced, and I, th- I just think they're a good product. Just what I use um, by taking their burner combination, I haven't found a loss in muscle mass. Um, I've spoken about these products before, and I take them. They help me increase my energy levels. I get a lot of caffeine in them, and also make me mindful around my nutrition. I find when I when I take them. Um, my energy throughout the day is more sustained. Um, 
And yeah, also the main, the main thing is around that. It just makes you mindful of my nutrition. So with any supplement, like I suggest, if you're wanting to take something, um, try it. Like think about, it. okay, is it worse? Is the worst case scenario it's not going to work? Then I'd give it a whirl. Um, track how you're feeling. Track your progress so you know if it's benefiting you. Um, and also don't take too many at once. It's like, or else you won't know what's working. Um, I remember I saw, told the story before when I was younger. I went to a supplement store and they just fucking loaded me up. I was like, really, really good sales. And I just like, walked out there with so much shit. And I, w- I didn't know what was and what wasn't working. Um, I was on like, had protein, creatine, amino acids, test boosters, fucking oh, okay, a couple of other little things. Um, yeah, they just loaded me up. It was like really, really good sale they made. Um, but I, di- I didn't know what was working and what wasn't working. So um, if you are going to take supplements, just introduce them one at a time. Um, track how you're going, how you're feeling, how your recovery is, um, you know, and then you can work out what is and what isn't working. Um, if you are going to take fat burners, same thing, just like track your progress, see how you're feeling. Um, if you can get body scans done, do them um, so you can really track it. But just, um, yeah, each product's different. Each product reacts to each person differently. Um, there's no one size fits all. So, yeah, give, give it give it a try and, and see how you feel. Make sure you're tracking everything. Um, the next one's from Marie. When trying to quickly build push-up strength, is it best to do push-ups every morning and night? 10 push-ups on the hour every hour or in an upper body session every three days. I've heard so many, so much conflicting advice on this. Thank you. So in our in our applicant program, each and, and not to say this is the best or any way to do it, but obviously we have a really high success rate, really good reviews. So we know what we're doing in our programs work basically. So in our applicant program, each strength session will contain push-ups. Um, and those are Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, then every second Saturday when we do the fitness test. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't do push-ups every morning at night, but I'd do them more than than every three days. Um or every third day, sorry. So we do it like the Monday day off, then Tuesday, uh, sorry, Wednesday. The, be- the best way to quickly improve your push-up strength is to follow a structured program specifically designed for push-ups and the fitness test. Um, there's no shortcut to strength, basically. If you're, if you're struggling with your push-ups, take a video and send it to me and I'll have a look at your technique. Um, it could be a slight technique thing. There could be some things you need to work on. Um, but send me a photo. You know, and if you are if you are following a structured program that someone, a fitness professional has written up for you and you're not improving, um, yeah, ask them to revisit it, have a look at it and just let them know, communicate with them, say to them, hey, look, push-ups aren't improving. Is there anything else we can be doing? If you're not following a structured program, um, then have, you know, have a look at what we provide, have a look at what other people provide, um, work out what's going to be best for you. Um, but if you aren't following... If you aren't following a structured program, then I would strongly suggest following one. Um, also, I'll drop in the show notes below um, of a video on best, uh, sorry, push-up technique and tips. And I also have a best push, uh, sorry, best exercise um, for push-ups podcast. So I'll drop them in the show notes below um, for you to check out. They're going to help with push-ups. Um, but yeah, if you are struggling, reach out. We have training materials to help you out. Um, I can have a look at your push-ups. You know, sometimes a bit of a technique thing, especially if you're like one week out and you're a couple push-ups off. 
you're not really going to increase strength in a week, um, but we can change your technique slightly to help you improve your push-ups. All right, let's get into the main part of this podcast. All right, so it's something that, you know, I should have done a podcast on this ages ago. I just didn't think to. Um, it wasn't until someone, you know, it's a, it's a very important part of the application process is failing and what happens when you do fail, if you do fail. Um, so I really should have done this podcast ages ago, but I honestly didn't even think of it um, until someone posted it in a question. So thank you very much um, to Natalia who posted this question. All right, so how to cope with receiving, this is her question, how to cope with receiving the bad news of rejection from the police recruitment team. I've trained really hard mentally and physically this past year, and I don't know how to change my mindset of training now that this goal has been pushed back for another year. <coughs> Sorry, just received, just receiving the news has been devastating enough, like a grieving process, how to redefine who I am, my goals, my training, etc. And then we had a bit of a conversation. He said, basically having to change that mindset for, for physical training and even just reminding yourself that you're good enough despite the rejection. Just trying to remember that this builds resilience. Also, like where to start with building that resilience and life experience. So that when you reapply, you can show that you've grown in the time they've sent you away. It's definitely a tough period to be in. I feel as though I'm just so conflicted at the moment. I don't even know where to start. So great question. Um, a lot of people have been through this. You know, a lot of people have failed the application and gone on to be successful. Um, I I really do understand what you were going through. Um, when I applied for the army, I got in the first time. I was very fortunate. Same again with the police. Um, I did nearly fail um, one component with the police, but I passed. I passed it all first go. Um, but when I applied for the fireys, I got in on my sixth application over a six-year period. Okay, so I'll just go into that a little bit. So what happened was, so I, let, I got in the army first time. When I left the army, I got into the police first time. Um, when I was in the police, I started applying for the fireys. Um, when I first moved down to Victoria, um, I applied for the fireys and the police at the same time. So I knew the fire was really hard to get into. And I failed the first time with the fires. So something to remember about the fires, um, generally you've got about you know three thousand applicants for thirty spots. Um, super competitive, super hard to get into. Um, so yeah, so basically I had, I had two applications. This isn't in order. This is just what I went through. So I had two applications for the CFA, Country Fire Authority in Victoria. I failed the initial interview stage um, both times. Um, I had two applications, this is all over a six year period. I had two applications for the aviation fire rescue. So something to think about is I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a firefighter, you know, I wanted it for the role that they do and also the shift work. Um, you know, it was more, it was better for my family, better for myself and being with Vic Pole, like I was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I went to the cert, um, with the curriculum critical incident response team, um, very military-like. Um, and it was it was super enjoyable. I worked with a great bunch of people, but it was stuff I had already done previously with the Army. So that was exciting. I was just looking for a, a new challenge and, and being a firefighter was something I'd wanted to do since I left school. So that's just a bit of background as to why I got into the place and then I was continually applying for the fireys. Um, 
So CFA failed the initial interview stage twice. Um, I had two applications for aviation, fire rescue, do all the airports. Um, failed the first time on the aptitude test, so I passed it, but I didn't score in the higher high enough group. Um, second time I passed everything. Um, I was the first reserve, so they had they had about I don't know whether they would have like fourteen hundred people apply or whatever. So they had five positions available for Melbourne. Um, I came six out of those applicants. Um, so I was first reserve and actually rang me up and they said, oh, look, those spots have been cancelled, but um, we can offer you a spot up in, I think it was Port Hedland at the time, which is regional WA. I was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Because like at the time, my wife, we'd build a house in Melbourne and she was in the police, I was in the police. Um, so yeah, we just went, I wasn't going to uplift her for that. Um, my first application for the MFB, I failed the group interview. Um, and on the sec second application for the MFB, I got through. So something else too, on the second application, it was a two and a half year long process. So each stage, there was a six month delay between each component. Um, so basically we, we, we did the aptitude test, six months later did the beep test, six months later did the group interview, etc. So it was an extremely long process. Um, it was very, it was very draining, but it took a lot of focus all right go focus past the test go back try not to stress over trying to think about it you know focus on other things and when the time come refocus again 100 percent pass that test you know and then move on so when i talk about these steps i'm going to talk about understand that i've been through <clears throat> i've been through what you've gone through um with the fires where it was just like knockback after knockback um but I understood, I understood it was something I wanted to do. I understood how hard it was to get in. So I basically had that mindset of, I'm just going to keep applying until they fucking put a uh, red mark against my name and say never to reapply. So that was my mindset going into it. And yeah, thankfully I got in after yeah, six years of applying three different services. Um, but it's been the best, best move I've ever done in my life. Um, so basically five steps to think about if you, if you get knocked back or, you know, got to a certain stage and you failed that part of the application, talk about five steps, right? So step one, work out what you failed on. This should really be pretty obvious, you know, where it's in medical aptitude, fitness, psych interview, etc. So that's step one, work out what you failed on. All right. Step two, work out why you failed or what specific component. So for your medical, you'll get feedback on this. Um, you maybe got knocked back for medication you're on, any injuries you previously have, etc. Right, so they they should list what you got knocked back on. Aptitude, okay. What area did you fail in? Was it mass, um, English, etc.? So break that down and work out what component you actually failed. Fitness. Right. Um, so with that, obviously you'll, you'll know what you, what you failed on, what component did you fail in, you know, push up, speed test, plank, grip strength, etc. Um, psych. So this is a hard one. All right. You may, you, you generally don't get feedback for your psych. It's just a, so with, if you get knocked back on psych for your medical, it's different. Um, you'll get told, but this actual psych test, you may have been 
you know, you may, you may have been given incorrect answers, try and make yourself sound too good or given a non-reading. Um, so I'll, I'll dive into that a bit more in detail further on. But yeah, the psych's a hard one. You know, you work out, you, you failed the psych component, but it's hard to work out exactly why you failed it unless it's for like medical grounds. Um, interview, it's often hard for them to give feedback as there as there are so many applicants. Um but just think about how you answered the questions and what you may have answered incorrectly or questions you may have stumbled on. Something to think about, like every interview I've ever sat, I've gone out of there. Like I know for the, the CFA ones I spoke about that I failed, I walked out of there going, I fucking bombed those. Like I knew that I struggled for the other ones I did well in. I walked out of there 50, 50 going, I feel like I've done really well. And then I was like, oh, I could answer this better. I could answer that better. As soon as you leave the interview, whether you write it down or do a voice recording, try and just go through what questions they asked you, um, how you responded and how you think you went in those responses or anything you may have missed. So that way, if you, you know, if you do get knocked back, you've got a bit of an understanding of, you know, where you might have, might have fallen down or what you could improve on. Um, you know, I, I know like when I left the interview 30 minutes after I was really fuzzy. I don't remember. I couldn't really remember what the questions were, how I answered them. You know, I, I walked out, walked out of there with my last one thinking, yep, I, I did really, did really well. And then like, you know, 20 minutes later, overthinking every question, going, I'd fucking bomb that. So with the interview, as soon as you leave, take some notes, think about, oh, okay, this question here. I struggled on how could I have answered that better? Um, just kind of a bit of quick self-assessment while it's still fresh in your mind. All right, step three. Work out what you can do to improve in that section of the application. So medical. So depending on why you got knocked back, if it's medication, chat to your doctor to see what you can do to get off that medication. Um, if it's due to injuries, chat to the recruiting team and find out exactly what you need to do or need to supply in order to be successful. You need to be proactive in this area. Keep all correspondence and make sure that when you are getting reports from specialists, they are addressing everything specifically that the recruiting team want. So if you do ring up, I prefer to do everything via email. So I've got a record of everything, but if you do ring up and talk to someone, I would rec what I'll, what I do is I'll follow it up with an email and go, Hey, as per our conversation, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll just ask a question. So that way I've kind of responded. I've sent them an email and said, Hey, as per our conversation, kind of outline what we spoke about. And then I'll ask a question in that to get some feedback. Um, one, cause what, what can happen at times is, you know, is the, the medical team for the police will be like, okay, we need reports from, we need a report from your doctor about your knee. So you need to specifically ask them, say, okay, what, what does that, what does that report need to show? What do you want the treating specialist to cover on? You know, any points they need to hit about whether you're suitable or limitation of movement, etc. but get it in writing exactly what they want. And then when you get your report from your doctor, just say to them like this, this specifically needs to be addressed because if they don't address it, you won't pass. So make sure that you're getting all the information you need from the recruiting, all that information is passed on to your training specialist and make sure that in their report, they cover off 
everything that re- the recruiting team wants, okay? Because it's not on them to make sure that the doctor fills it out correctly. It's on you. Okay, aptitude. If, if you failed your aptitude, seek help. Get coaching. So at, at, at the time of doing this podcast, we recommend police prep. Um, also, prime motion is good. Or generally, you can purchase practice tests from the company who are running the test. Um, for example, ACER that run in Queensland. Um, but police prep and prime motion are who we recommend to applicants. Um, but if you do fail your aptitude, seek help, get coaching. You should have been practicing um, already. But yeah, if you haven't already got those materials, look at purchasing materials. Uh, fitness. So same again, seek help, get coaching. Now, shameless plug here. We are the leaders of police applicant fitness in Australia. Yeah, but if you already do have a train, if you already are training somewhere and you have a good rapport with the PTs there, get coaching there, but make sure, make sure you seek help, whether it's from us or someone else, but make sure the person you get knows exactly what you need to achieve. Make sure that they have the experience helping people achieve these goals and make sure that they're going to keep you accountable. So if someone comes to me and goes, Hey, I want to, I want to go on stage and compete in a, a fitness modeling competition. I'm not going to help them because that's not my area of expertise. I'm going to find them someone that can help them, but you know, I, I'm not going to coach them in that because I'll be doing them a massive disservice. So, you know, if you do, if you do find a coach, make sure, make sure they can do what, what, um, what you're asking of them. Okay. Make sure they have history of it. Uh, make sure they can show you proven results. Right. As for the, uh, psych. So this is a hard one, as I said, because it's not something you can practice for either. The, the common psych test involves a couple of hundred questions and it's assessing you over four areas. The most, the thing most people fail with this is, is trying to make themselves sound too good or being too inconsistent with their answers across one of the sections. Um, something like one, an, an, a question that always comes up is I've never told a lie in my life. Now, if you say no to that, this is, this is going to flag on their test because everyone's fucking told a lie in their life. They're not asking, they're not asking, have you told a big lie in your life? They're saying the statement is I've never told a lie in my life. Everyone's fucking told a lie, whether you think it is a white lie, a big lie, a little lie, whatever it is, you've told a lie. Okay. So people that um, are trying to make themselves sound too good, they're going to be inconsistent with their answers and they're going to answer no to that, which is a massive flag. Um, so yeah, it's just about being consistent, being honest, because if you do try and make yourself sound too good, <coughs> sorry, they're going to flag that. And sometimes you can get a fail or you can get a non-reading, which is also a fail, but that's, that's the main common one. And that's why people will fail that psych. So it's just something to think about, like be honest, uh, be truthful with your answers. Don't try and make yourself sound too good because no one's that good. Uh, interview. So a lot of, uh, I get this a lot from applicants. I talk to them all the time, but a lot of people, their friends will say, oh, it's okay. Just be yourself during the interview. Um, they are trying to help, but it's bullshit. You need to prepare. All right. Same as with your fitness test. All right. Fit people or fit friends will say, no, nah, you don't need to worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's only whatever on the B test. It's bullshit. You need to train for it, okay? So, and even with your, like, with your interview, I, I say this to everyone, but 
I have I have times in my interviews where like I have a bit of an out of body experience and I think I look at myself answering questions. I think fuck, you sound like a wanker right now. But you're just selling yourself. You got to you got to you got to make yourself sound good. You got to talk yourself up, which is really hard. Like you know, you think about like if someone's asked you what are your five weaknesses or five bad things about you, you can rattle them off pretty quick. And someone asks what's five good things about you, you're like oh you kind of you still you might get one or two off quick but it's it's kind of hard because you know generally it, it's it is hard to sell yourself for a lot of people some people find it easy but i definitely don't um so when i do sit an interview i need i need to become someone else like i'm still i'm still me i'm still who i am but i need to i need to be able to sell myself and say yeah no i am fucking good i know do know what i'm doing you know not obviously like that but in, in certain ways you can do that um you know, so a few things is understanding the values of the organization, um, what community involvement programs they have, understand the rank structure is a big one because, um, you know, like they, they bang on how police is paramilitary and they have a rank structure and understand why the rank structure is there. Um, but it, it's not paramilitary. It's not really military at all. Um, and if you've been in the army and been in the police, you'll understand what I'm saying. But understand the rank structure. It's there for a reason, okay? Also, understand the mental health assistance programs they have, um, the peer support programs, you know, professional clinicians. Understand what support is available and how you would access that. Um, and have a system for answering your questions. So I prefer the STAR method. So basically, what the STAR method is, is situation, task, action, result. So situation, what was the situation, task, what were you tasked with, action, what did you do, and result, what was the outcome? So, and what this does is it keeps your answers, it keeps you answering the question, so, and it keeps you from going off on a tangent. Like how I do in the podcast, I always go on off on a tangent, right? You don't want to do that in an interview, okay? So I'll be like, this fucking person is not answering the question. So a lot of times people will fail as well. They'll ask you a specific question and uh, and then you won't answer it. Like you'll just go off in this tangent, talk about a story, then you don't answer the question. So for I'll use an example here. And this is an example I gave on an interview... I think it was when I went for the critical incident response team. Um, this was one of the questions. So um, the question was, whenever you identified a safety issue and what did you do? All right. So they want you to say, when have I identified a safety issue and what did I do about it? Okay. So if you just go off on this tangent and talk about a random story and don't answer you know, what the, what, what was identified and what did I do? Then you haven't answered the question regardless of how cool your story is and how, how well or how good you think it makes you sound. All right. If it doesn't answer the question, it doesn't answer the question and you're going to fail. Uh, so this is basically the way I answered it. Um, so question, when have you identified a safety issue and what did you do? Right. So, and this, and this is what you say. I say the situation was we were tasked to clear a train um, and this is a true story. <laughs> Situation was we were classed to clear a train that potentially had an offender with a gun. Our task, we were tasked by our sergeant to have two teams of two clear the train simultaneously from front to back 
and back to front, meeting in the middle. My actions, I identified the issue of crossfire with two teams clearing towards each other. So, so I suggested both teams start at the front of the train and clear to the back one team going onto the train and the other staying on the platform, stopping any crossfire and ensuring if the offender does attempt to leave, they will be cut off. As a result of my suggestions, we were able to search a train safely and effectively, identify the possible offender and ensure the safety of ourselves, the public and possible offender. So basically having a system in place allows you to answer the question and not get sidetracked. Um, so you can see there, the question was, when did you identify a safety issue and what did you do? I identified the safety issue of crossfire with two teams clearing towards each other. What did I do? I suggested a different way to clear the train, right? And as a result of my suggestions, this is what happened, right? So seek help in this area. Like if you don't know someone that is is good with interviewing or understands interviewing that can help you seek help. Okay. You can get interview coaching. And if this is in your area, you failed, then I would strongly recommend it. Um, this was something I failed during my application for the CFA twice, just the initial interview. Um, and then I went and got help and then all my other ongoing interviews from that I passed. Um, and the help that I got, I didn't get professional help. I got help from a mate, Trent. Um, basically, anyone that's in the fire brigade owes their career to someone that helped them more than anyone else to get in. So Trent's that guy for me. And he's an awesome guy. I don't tell him that he's a shit bloke. But he, he's a guy that I owe my career to. Um, and he sat down and, and helped me a lot with my interview, how to answer questions. And, and he's, a, he's the main reason why I got through all that. So if I didn't have him, he just recently went through the process. He was an ex-copper as well, turned over to fireys. He was really good at the interview, um, interviews really well, really understands the star process and helped me out a lot. If I didn't have him in my corner, I would have seeked help. I would have gone and seen a professional um, with regards to the interview, but I felt with him, I was prepared enough. Um, so it's something that you need help with. If you don't have someone like Trent to help you out, then then seek help, okay? Because it, it's um it's something that it's it's the final stage of the interview. Pro it's the final stage of the application process, basically. So you don't want to fuck it up, right? <laughs> so that's step three. So I'll just go back. Um, step three. So it's work out what you can do to improve on that section of the application process. All right. So we've 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 initially worked out what we failed on what area and what we can do to improve that area. All right, step four, planning. So work out how long until your next re-attempt will be. Three months, six months, 12 months, etc. As fitness is an example, if you know you have six months or two, you can reapply, set yourself a goal. You know, say it's by next Friday, I would have employed a coach. By the end of three months, I'll be passing all the assessments. By month five, I'll be achieving 40 push-ups, level nine on the beep test, a three-minute plank, etc. Whatever your goals are, lay them out. You know, aptitude. I'll seek help, and by the end of month five, I'll be scoring a minimum of ninety percent on all components of my test. Okay, so step four: planning. Work out how long until your next re-attempt, and this is important. You know, three, six, twelve months, and then you already know what you what you need to do and what you're going to do. This is the planning process. Okay, set goals for yourself and track it. Okay, which takes on to step five execute and tracking so work out what you need to do consistently to achieve your goals and track this so with fitness you know your consistency might be you might need to do five sessions per week 
track your sessions, track your consistency, and also retest your fitness every two to three weeks so you can track your process to make sure you're on the right path. Now, <coughs> for us with our program, we retest our applicants every two weeks. Um, for our specialist programs, people that are going into specialist um, training units, we retest every four weeks. Um, but yeah, around that two to four week mark, two to three weeks, you should be your coach should be reassessing you to make sure that you're on the right path. Okay, so make sure it's happening. Um, aptitude, it might be, you know, that you spend 60 minutes five times a week practicing your tests, your tests, you know, track it so that after, you know, four weeks, you've done 20 sessions, set yourself targets. Okay. Cause it's all about consistency in this execute and tracking. Okay. Make sure that you have your plan and you're tracking it. Okay. Because you can have a plan, but if you're not tracking it and staying consistent with it, right. It means shit. All right. So in summary, understand what you failed. Work out why you failed and what component. Work out what you can do to improve in that section of the application. Planning. Work out how long until your next re-attempt will be. Three months, six months, 12 months, and then execute and tracking. Now, I just want to talk about your mindset of being rejected. So understanding why you've been knocked back is critical. Okay, so think... Think about, okay, what what could I have done better and how am I going to improve on that for the next application? Now, instead of blaming the process, take a look inside, okay? Could I have practiced the aptitude more? Could I have trained better? Could I have trained more consistently? Could I have trained harder? <coughs> could I have practiced my interview technique more? Be critical and be honest with yourself. Now, if you, if you can't think of something you could have done better, then you're fucking full of shit. You're lying to yourself. Okay. There's always something you could have done better. You know, I, I gave it my hundred percent. Okay. You might've given it your hundred percent, but you know, next time you go through the process and you give it a hundred percent again, that hundred percent will look, make the other hundred percent look like it was 80%. Okay. Because each time you're progressing, you're going through, you can do things better. You can always do something better. You know, people say, yeah, you know, I gave it, I gave it all my God in this. Yeah. You know, I gave it all my, all I had in this lead up. You know, but if you're really critical of yourself and you really want to improve, there's always something you can look back on and think, okay, I could have done that better. You know, maybe, you know, just for an example, maybe, maybe you had six for your recovery, right? Maybe you had six nights in a row where you had eight hours perfect sleep every night. And then on the last night you had seven hours sleep, you know, at the end of it, you think, fuck, that's a pretty good win. But then if your recovery is still not up to scratch, you could be like, okay, well, yeah, I did do really well. And I, I understand I did put in the effort, but that last, that last night I, I missed out on an hour's sleep or, you know, that, that one meal that I went out, I fucking went and got McDonald's instead of eating, eating well, it's going to help my recovery. And I'm not, I'm not saying like beat yourself up about it, but I'm just saying, be critical, understand, you know, what, what could I have done better? What component have I failed on? Now, maybe you did give it 100% of the time, but that 100% isn't enough, right? Maybe that next time, the next time you go through and you're giving it 100% this time, okay, those little improvements along the way are going to help. But you need to be critical and be honest with yourself. Now, it's not not about beating yourself up, not about talking yourself down. It's about giving yourself an honest self-assessment, okay, and being real with yourself and going, okay, no, I fucking, I could have done better. I could have done this better. I could have done that better make a list, all right, and understand 
you know, what you need to be improving on and what you need to be focusing on next time. Right. If you do get the shits and throw in the towel, then maybe you just didn't want it as much as what you thought you did. Okay. That's another thing to think about. You know, if you go, no, fuck it, I'm out, I'm done, you know, and that's your mindset and you want to stay with that mindset, then maybe you just really didn't want it enough. And that, and that's not, you know, some people don't and that's fine, but just understand where you are, where you are with your mindset. Maybe you don't want it enough. That's something to think about as well. Now, depending on when you can reapply, depends on how your mindset can shift. So if you are excluded for a longer period, say 12 months, then take a step back and reprioritize your life. Now, you've probably spent the good part of six to 12 months focusing only on this. All right, refocus your life, refocus on your family, refocus on enjoying your training. I know some people hate training for specific tests and would rather purely do cardio or purely do strength work, you know, focus on focus on your hobbies, you know, that you've pushed aside. Spend spend that time to reset. So for me, when I was going through the, the Fires application, it was like, with my last application, it was like six months, six months. You know, you, you'd, you'd pass a test and you'd think about it for a week. <coughs> Sorry. And then you have to reassess, take a step back. Okay, I can't focus on the next part just yet because I don't know what it is. I don't want to burn myself out. All right. So it was that constant reassessment, take a step back, refocus. All right. Spend that time to reset. Think about Think about fighters, right? They're not constantly in a fight camp. You know, they enter a fight camp leading up to a fight to, you know, build them, build themselves up to that, to increase that intensity, increase that training because you just can't stay at that level all the time. AFL players, they aren't playing all year round. They do their preseason, you know, then they have their season, they lead into finals, they take a bit of time off, reset and go through it all again. So take the time back, take the time, take the step back, Depending on when you can reapply, you know, this step back, this, you know, refocus on other things in your life. This might be a three month process. It might be a three day process, depending on when you can, when you can um, reapply, but take the time to process this, process the setback, you know, work out where you can do better and then get after it. You know, you, you need to process the failure. Like it fucking sucks failing. It hurts being told you're not good enough. You need to process it. You need to let it hurt. And then you need to fucking crack on if it's what you want to do. You know, if this is truly what you want to do, what you want to achieve, then no amount of setbacks should stop you, okay? You should just, if you get a setback, refocus and then get after it. And until the time they give you a permanent exclusion due to medical or other reasons, then you keep fucking applying, all right? If it's what you want, you keep applying. Okay, that that wraps up that podcast. Yeah, I got a bit of... Uh, Got a bit full on towards the end. That was good. <laughs> all right. So if you have any questions at all, just shoot them through. Just a reminder, our, the armory is 50% off at the moment. So uh, jump on that. I'll put that in the show notes below. But um, thank, thanks for the question. That's a really good one. I think that's going to help a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of people don't get through the first time. A lot of people get setbacks and, you know, it's really hard to understand, you know, or what, or work out what you need to do after you have had that setback, had that, that knockback. So hopefully this can help you out. If you have any questions at all, just shoot them through. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Now, I'm going to ask you to do what everyone else asks you to do as well. Can you please subscribe, like, and share the podcast? The more people we can get it in front of, the more people we can help. Now, on that too, if you've got any questions at all, please shoot me a message on Facebook. 
I'll cover it off in the podcast. I'll give you the most amount of information that I can. And please, if you need help with your fitness, training, mindset, anything, please reach out and ask me. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out. You just need to ask. Thanks, guys.